0: The Lord is good. Amen. He is. He's always good to us. So I'm going to tell you a few things today that are going to give you a little, maybe a little insight, might be a little bit scary to you, a little insight into how my mind works sometimes. That could be a scary thing. So I'm looking in the mirror the other day, admiring my aging face. How many of you remember the show Family Matters? Some of you remember that? Steve Irk. Ur- yeah, Steve Urkel. And so I'm looking in the mirror, looking at my aging face, still thinking, you know, you're looking all right, to myself. And I hear this voice, do I look good? <laughs> I don't know. It's just where, you know, I, so I hear this, right? And so then the next thing, the next thing, the next thought that comes to my mind is mirror, mirror on the wall. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want to go there because I might not like the answer. But, you know, as I'm in the mirror and these things are coming to me, I'm like, Lord, you know, come on. I started to think of the responsibility that I had in my life. And all of a sudden, you know, this whole Steve Urkel thing, you know, do I look good? That kind of went to the wayside because all of a sudden this was a serious moment for me. Then I began to, to think that, you know, responsibility comes with expectations. The title of this message is Mirror, Mirror, by the way. So if you're looking it up when it's on our website, posted after the service, that's what it is, Mirror, Mirror. And here's why I believe the Lord began to speak to me, and, and I came, this, this, this message, I mean, it is hot off the press. I mean, late last night finishing it up because the Lord just kept downloading stuff to me. I want you to listen to this very carefully. The responsibility of a relationship with Jesus comes with, the expectations of obedience to Him. See, we all need to take a look in that mirror and check ourselves and ask ourselves, are we being obedient to Him? Because in a relationship with Him, there is an expectation that you will obey Him. There's no way around that, folks. Folks. Do you really think that in a relationship with Christ, the expectation is I can do whatever I want, however I want? Do you know that he fulfilled his? We have expectations of him. I expect Christ to do this. I expect Christ to do that. If it's in this word, you can fully expect it. But let me tell you something. He's already accomplished it 2,000 years ago on the cross when he said it was finished. He did his part. He kept his commitment. His expectation was I'm going to die on the cross, and he did that. So if we're in a relationship with him, Understand that with, resp- with, with responsibility of relationship comes expectation. Do you know anything you do in life with responsibility comes an expectation? I have a I have responsibility as a pastor, and there is expectation that the Lord expects me to fulfill. He expects me fully, expects me to stand up here and tell you the truth of God's word, even when it's not popular even when i know some of you won't do it even when i know some of you're going to get mad at me for saying it even when people are out there talking bad about me because i'm telling them the truth in love i'm not judging anybody but we have an expect he expects us to obey him it says in john 10:27 this my sheep hear my voice my sheep if you're if you're a believer and you're his you hear his voice And I know them, and guess what? They follow me. What voice are you following? I submit a lot of people are following a voice that sounds an awful lot like theirs. See, he knows us and we follow him. Being obedient to the Lord is part of the responsibility we have. We live in a society and an age where no one wants to take responsibility for anything in their life, their actions, or anything else. It's someone else's problem. It's someone else's fault. It's not my responsibility. Au contraire, mon frere. That's the only French I know. See, we live in a society where if it's someone else's fault that I'm not happy, healthy, wealthy, satisfied, at peace. It's someone else's fault that I'm restless. I'd be happy if only this. I'd be happy if only that. If somebody else would just do this, Somebody just dropped a million dollars on me, I'd be happy. You won't be any more happy with a million dollars than you are right now in your life because this joy of the Lord comes from in here, not from anything that's bestowed upon you. We have a responsibility to be obedient. And I truly believe you are going to see in the next couple of years, this is where the dividing line is going to be. Those that are going to obey the Lord and those that are going to do their own thing. Because right now the world is saying I am my own God and everything revolves around me. Christianity says Christ is the center of everything in my life, and I have to be obedient to him. You get to decide. That's the the only thing about Christianity that if I if I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, why'd you even give us a choice? If I was God, there'd be no choice. You do it my way, flush button. That's why I'm not God. <laughs> That's why he stuck me way up in the UP. <laughs> See, what's happened, though, is that same heart mentality has found its way to the body of Christ. Lord, the Lord is not the reason that you're having your difficulties, folks. 90% of them, you have done this. You And, and I'm going to give you a principle that you're not going to like, but I'm going to tell you later anyway. Each person must look in the mirror and take responsibility for their relationship with the Lord. I cannot walk out or work out your salvation for you. I can help you. I can lead you. I can guide you. I can give you. The only thing I can give you is the Word of God, but you have the responsibility of being obedient to Him on your own. You can do it or not. When you stand before the Lord one day, he's not going to ask your pastor, your elder, your friend, anybody. Well, how did they do? He's going to look at you and say, did you obey me? Philippians 2.12. Yeah, it's a pretty somber, heavy sermon for a Sunday, isn't it? Therefore, my beloved, in Philippians 2.12, as you have always obeyed, now this is Paul speaking to the Philippians, As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence, because Paul wasn't there, only, but now how much more in my absence. Now look what he says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we're not talking about, oh, I'm scared. No, it's a reverence. You walk out to your own salvation with the reverence of God. And I'll tell you what, if you understand the bigness of God, you will tremble. It's big. It's so big you can't comprehend it. You can't understand it. But my question again is you who are you obeying? What are you listening to? Who is influencing you to do what? The Holy Spirit, yourself, someone else? You know, it's that silly question about, you know, when you've got friends and your parents are saying, You need to get away from your friends. You know, if they jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? In a lot of cases, probably. Who are you listening to? Exactly, right? See. We live in a culture where we get, now see, where we expect others to do it for us. in this relationship thing with Jesus Christ, no one can do for you. You can't. You have got to be obedient to him. See, it's bleeding in the church. People get offended or upset with me when I say things like, the Bible says same-sex marriage is wrong. That's a political buzzword today. Most pastors won't even say it in church because it's, oh, my, they're going to come against you. Listen, this is not my opinion. This is what the Word of God says. You can choose to believe it or not believe it. You have to obey it or not obey it. That's up to you. People get upset with me when I say, you know what? Having a physical relationship with someone, of, someone before you are married is not right according to the Word of God. They get offended at me. People get offended when I tell them, you should wait until you're married. People get upset uh, get upset with me because I say the Lord can't bless what you're doing outside of the word of God. He can only do what his word says. Now, does that mean I that I don't like any of these people? No, I love these people. I know people in every category I just described. I know people, care about them. I cannot be obedient to the Lord for them. I don't have to hate them. I'm praying for them. But I can't say that this isn't the truth and say, well it's okay because you know why? I have to obey God. I will stand before God and give an account for me standing behind this holy desk and saying what I said. And if I say, well that's okay, it doesn't matter what the Bible says, I am in big trouble and I am not getting burned and going to hell for any of you. Just saying. You can give me raspberries all you want. I'd rather get a raspberry from a man than a flush button from God. Just saying. (laughs) You've got to work out your own salvation. That people get upset. There's people out there today talking bad about me because I could not compromise what the Word of God said. Doesn't mean I don't like you, but I can't compromise. I can't. Do I have to be obedient to this? But so do you. See, I can't fix that. I have a responsibility to let people know this is what the word of God says. Now, the Lord has given us everything we need to work out our salvation and succeed, and he kicks in joy and peace to go with it. You're saying, well, "I don't know about that preacher." Okay, turn to 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 2 through 5. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness now again I've done this I've done the research studied the Greek the Hebrew the Latin every other language you know all it means all it is he has given us all things that pertain to life having life and godliness The knowledge of Jesus, who has called us by glory and virtue, now look at this, by which have been given to us, given to us, God gave us as believers of him, he gave us this, exceedingly great and precious promises. And through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. So in the relationship with him and being obedient to him, he's given us all things that we need to overcome what we are dealing with on this planet right now and in our lives. But you've got to be obedient to him. See, many people act that when they as they when they come to Christ, all the responsibility is on him to make it work. Yeah, I've come to you. I've, hey, I've given my life to you. What more do you want? Now, you make everything right. You fix it. He, he already fixed it. You, you have to walk it out. You have to be obedient to him. You know, and I appreciate this brother right here. He's, he's working on just hearing from God and being obedient. Just out of the blue, he gave me a phone call and says, You know, I was just, I was just mudding my drywall and just felt like, man, the Lord was just impressing upon me to give you a call and say, How are you doing and praying for you? Do you know what that means to me? Not only the fact that somebody's praying for me, that somebody even likes me. That's cool. <laughs> you know, they're not talking bad about me or slander or gossiping me. But he was trying to be obedient to God. That is huge to me. That means, like, I'll write past there. At least one person's listening to what we're doing. See, We can't continue to do things the same way you've always done them and expect a different result. It's His way, not your way. Sometimes that process may not be pleasant. See, how do you know what God's blessings are for you if you don't know Jesus? And how do you know Jesus if you don't know this Word? You can't. There's things in this Word that... If you don't open it, you'll never find it. I'm going to challenge you this week. Find one thing, just one thing. Read the Bible just a little bit and find one thing that you can be obedient about. Take the biggest thing on your list and just obey God and see what happens. I'm not talking about A to Z in your whole life automatically. It's a step-by-step process. But you've got to start to start. Do one thing to obey him. Other than I'm just getting up today and I'm going to live my life the way I've always lived my life. There may be some things that God asks you to give up. And it may be owie, but I'm telling you, it will be a blessing to you in the end. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture verse and be very careful when you pray this or when you read this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxiety. We love that when we get to the altar presence of God is here the music's playing oh search me god and he says okay i will and you say search me god everything with that one little place that's mine leave that alone you you all know that closet you have in your house that every good thing gets stuffed in when visitors come over that they're not allowed to go to or that or that back bathroom that is off limits to anybody but family you don't know talk about that one place that But you say, search me. When you ask him to search you, guess what he's going to do? He's going to search you, and he's going to put his finger on some things, and you're going to have to decide to be obedient or not. See, are you willing and really and truly willing to allow him? That word, search me, means to examine my heart and my ways. Try me means to test metals by melting them. I'm telling you what, the Lord will melt some things in you and find out what comes out. When you're going through the fire, all of a sudden things start coming to the surface. It, it's been an experience in my life, boy, we get under pressure and all of a sudden things are coming out of me that can't find God in any of it. What do you do? You repent. You get in the word of God and you move on. Obey the Lord. Every one of you are going to have to go home and, and again, mirror, mirror. Am I being obedient? Yeah. One of the things that I think, speaking to an individual, well, that causes that repentance, that conviction, is to be in the Word. The least I'm in the Word, the more the Holy Spirit kind of dissipates from my life. The more less I'm in the Word, the more the Holy Ghost is there. That conviction comes by being hooked up. If you are in the Word of God, you are feeding the Spirit of God within you. If you're not in the Word of God, you're feeding something else. And somebody's going to win. And I'll get to that very... Hold on, I'll get to that Scripture verse in just a second. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there is. That's right. One's called the Holy Spirit, one's called the flesh. That's what it is. Now, here's the thing. It's our responsibility... The Bible says in Matthew seven verse seven, "Ask, and it'll be given to you; seek, and you'll find; knock, and it'll be open." For everyone who asks, receive. who seeks, finds; and him who knocks, it'll be open. But a lot of times, when they notice it says "ask," that it doesn't have anything before it. it implies you have to ask. I can't ask for you. I can pray for you. I can pray with you. I can guide you. I can direct you. I can give you scripture verses. You need to be, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and be obedient to Him. Coming to church is good, but that does not make you obedient. This word will convict you to obedience. This is where it comes. I'm glad you're Now, again, I'm glad you're here. I want you here. You need to be here. But, see, the lie is, I go to church. Well, big whoop. You go to church. That doesn't make you obedient. You know, people think I go to church, I'm a Christian. Mm. If you walk through a garage, did you become a car? Just asking. There's a little more to it. Now listen to this. There's no way around this. And I know this is pretty heavy for a Sunday morning because you know, I like to be fun and laugh and joking, but this is serious. Because the days we're living in, folks, I do not want anybody anybody in either of the churches that I pastor to be ill-equipped or uninformed about what is going on and what you've got to do to survive in the hour we are living in, because I don't want anybody shipwrecked or taken out. So you're not ever going to blame me. Well, you never told me. That's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you. You may leave mad, but you're going to be mad because you heard the truth. Galatians 6, 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If he sows to his flesh, he'll reap corruption. But if he sows to the Spirit, in the will of God, of the Spirit, he will reap everlasting life. Now, here's what happens and it's in the church. Christians believe, I can sow to my flesh and believe God for some kind of a spiritual reward. It will not ever happen. It's not, it can't. You're going to sow what you reap. I'm sorry. There's no way around that. There is no way around that. See, what happens is they want to sow where they want and then they pray for God to fix it. It would be like this. If I take seed corn and I plant corn? What good is it for me to pray for tomatoes to come up? None. Because I sowed corn. But that's what we do. We sow to the flesh, but we, oh God, please, it's going to be a spiritual, I'm going to get a spiritual reward for it. No, you won't. Boy, I'm telling you, I hope you come back next week. See, here's the thing. When people do that, it's called deception. Deception and God is not mocked. People continue to sow the wrong things, they can't understand why they're not reaping great rewards. It's like this. Let me tell you, explain it this way. If this is a hot stove, and you touch the hot stove and you get burned. When you touch the hot stove, you get burned. Let me give you some insight. Stop touching the stove. That's pretty heavy. You might want to write that down so you can remember it. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right? See, but here's what's happening the enemy is trying to convince people, all right, that it's okay to keep touching the stove, it'll be okay. And the pain that you're experiencing from touching that stove is just normal life. He would say, Your God will deliver you. Right. He's a He's lying. You don't have to experience. He's trying to convince you that this is normal. No, our normal is. No, we don't have to touch the stove. We've been delivered. We're free of that. But my question is, when you know the truth and you've been made free, why, oh, why, oh, why do you mess with the stove? Why? Why, if you get out of this mess, do you go right back to another mess that's just like the last mess? Obey God. And here's, I have had people tell me this. And I'm going to use relationships because it's just an easy example. I'm not pointing any fingers and I don't know what your situation is, whatever it is, it is. They say, they say, I know the word says I shouldn't do this, but I love them. You are headed for disaster. Obey God. When I got born again, the first thing I had to do in obedience to Christ was there were some friends that I had to re- sever some relationships not because I didn't like them, but because there is no way I could stand as a Christian and be around them. I kept I keep going back to that stove, man. I had to know, I can't. It was years. there were years where there was places that I because I'd be because I'd be influenced to try to touch that stove again. James 1 says this. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire. Not God's, his own. But God gets a bad rap for it, and he's enticed. Then when desire is conceived, he gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full born, brings death. Don't be deceived. See, I went to Africa years ago. I went to the Ivory Coast of Africa on a missions trip. Three weeks I was in Ivory Coast, and we went all over the place, and one of the delicacies in Africa is monkey brain which I can't figure out to this day, but I guess, I, I guess. So, so I'm asking them, well, how do you get these monkeys? Because I'm thinking you'll go in the tree, shoot the monkey, whatever. But now where we we're at, it wasn't a real technologically advanced area. You know, they still using bows and slings and all this stuff. Well, what they did is they built this little, like, a cage out of bamboo or whatever they had. They had a little hole in it. And they get a colorful ball or something and put it in there, Okay. But what they did is they made the ball too big to come out of the cage. Well, what would happen is the monkey gets interested, and he goes in and he sticks his hand through the hole to grab the ball. But he can't get the ball out. And they walk up to him with a stick. And the whole time, now listen, the whole time the monkey's spitting at him and screeching and screaming and hopping up and down and making off. But he won't let go of the ball. They just grab a club and beat him to death. Bang! Dumb monkey. Dead. We do the exact same thing. Lord, I love you and I want everything you've got, but there's this thing I'm gonna hang on to the whole time the devil is beating you to death. Oh, you're claiming the word, you're I've got the devil's under my feet, and you're screaming the word and you're preaching the word and you're standing on the word, and the whole time you're holding on to this thing and the devil's beating you to death. Let go of the ball. Let go. And I'll tell you what. All it would be is, I heard that still, small voice, let go of the ball and you'll be saved. All the monkey had to do was let go. Man, he'd have been in the tree so fast, you'd have never caught him. But no, we have a responsibility to be obedient in our relationship with him. See, I want you to take this week, and I want you to just endeavor to be obedient to Christ. If it's just one thing. If it's just one thing. And listen, for some of you, this might be traumatizing. There may be something the Lord has been telling you to stop doing or telling you to do that you don't want to do. I'm going to tell you this. The Bible says this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And if you've been a child that had parents that were bold enough to spank you on your little bottom once in a while, you understood this. It's so much easier to say, yes, mom, yes, dad, than to suffer the consequences of rebellion. I don't know how it was in your house, but I experienced it. Mm-hmm. Right. World World out. Yep. Absolutely. What are you sowing into your life? What are you reaping? It really comes down to obedience. And, and the reason I'm so emphatic about this is because I'm watching is what is happening. Because I spend a lot of time praying. And spiritually, I mean, I know. I know that you know where I'm at, what I'm saying. We've got prayer warriors here. And then I've had more people texting me and saying, it's an obedience problem that we have. It's an obedience problem that we have. In the body of Christ, it's an obedience problem we have. Because society says this, and society says this, and we should do this, and it's okay to do that. Just because the world says it's okay doesn't mean it's okay with Christ. This is what we go by this right here. Not by what anybody else says or does, what this says. And I'm going to tell you right now if you are not in a place where you're being obedient to Him, first of all, with your confession of faith and your salvation, it's not going to work for you. You can't live outside of the word of God and think you're going to be blessed by God. You can't. I mean, people want to cohabitate all over the place today. Do I hate people like that? No. but I'm just pleased, for the love of God, understand that you've cut off a blessing. You've cut off a blessing. See, those are the types of things that I say that people get all upset about. Well, you're just judging me. I'm not judging you. I love you. I want you free. And I could give you a hundred. There's a book. There's a hundred statistics about that before you're married and the destruction of it. But I'm not, And I'm not on that to be after somebody. I don't go after people other than with the love of God and telling them the truth, because I want their lives better. And I know obeying Christ is the absolute best way to live. I lived a lot of years in disobedience to him. Oh, yeah, people, you know, thought, hey, he's a good guy. It may all look right on the outside. People are an absolute wreck today. A wreck. And be obedient with Christ. So, again, I'm going to encourage you. Be obedient. One thing. One thing this week. Just one. And then watch and see what happens. And Then it needs to become a lifestyle. And I so appreciate you. Because he is, endeav- he is endeavoring to just be an obedient vessel for the Lord. And you want revival to come? That's how it comes. You obey him and you watch the overwhelming love of God all of a sudden start just flowing. It's powerful. So, With that, here we go. I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you're here, that's the first step of obedience, accepting him as your Lord and Savior. I'm not putting a whole bunch of rules on you. Well, now you got born again. You got to do this, 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 and that. No, the Lord will guide you, the Lord will direct you. Start there. Start with, yes, I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to make a confession of faith right here, right now. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna tell you something. If you can't do it in church, you ain't gonna do it out there. That ain't gonna happen. Because you walk out of the church and there'll be 47 people say, "Ah, oh, you don't need that Jesus stuff. You're good enough. You're good enough." You know what do those people think they are? A bunch of hypocrites there. You know, there's a bunch of hypocrites in that church. Well, you spend how much time you spend at the bar? There's no hypocrites there. Just saying. Just saying. If you need Jesus in your life today. Just raise your hand right now. I'm not going to drag you up here. We're going to pray with you. Hey, there's two right there. Praise God. Thank you. There's three. Thank you. Thank you. You know why I say thank you? Thank you for the courage to say, you know what? Yeah, I know I need Jesus. And guess what? Every one of us were right where you... I got you. You can put your hands down now. Every one of you were right where I was one day. My sister, she got born again. She was sitting in the back row. We were at a meeting, and I was in the front row, I mean, she came, I mean, she was like a bull in a china shop. She was tossing chairs out of the way. She was like sitting in the middle row and she was throwing chairs out to get to the altar. So I appreciate your courage. I appreciate that. You're in a safe place. We're not judging you. We're, heaven is getting ready to rejoice. That's what the Bible says. Somebody comes to Christ, all of heaven rejoices. And, and we get like, yay, somebody came to Christ. Ho hum. If heaven's rejoicing, you best up the ante a little bit. You know, at least you can get a foot tapping. Something. We're going to pray with you for this salvation thing. That's the first step of obedience. And then we're going to give them a book about just your first steps. And I'm going to encourage you, your next step of obedience, if you don't have a Bible, see me. I'll get you a Bible. Open it up and read something. Just read. Well, I don't really get it. Read it until you do, because all of a sudden, something's going to go, doink. Oh, I got it. I got born again in Matthew six twenty four was the first one. Don't worry, because I was a chronic worrier. I read and read and read and read, and all of a sudden, bang, that one just jumped out at me. Woo-hoo, I don't have to worry. Jesus is going to worry for me. I am free of worry. Neener, neener, neener. See, so you get the whole show here. Let's pray for these people. Let's pray with these people right now, all right? With every eye open and every head up, we're going to pray. What, what, you can pray with your eyes open and your head up? You bet you can. I pray all day long. People don't even know it. I'm saying, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Praying in the tongue. Father, just so, repeat after me, gals. I'll tell you what, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's get, give me... Two more gals. I need two more. Two more. Davin, get with these. This gal and these two right here. And I want you to lead them in prayer. I'm gonna pray. You guys lead them in the prayer of salvation. Okay. There's three of them. Um, yeah. There you go. Lead them in the prayer of salvation. And what's the formula for that? I'll tell you. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Okay. Yep. Done. There's no, there's no form. There's no function. Oh, thou heavenly Father, you see me as a wretched soul. No, just talk to him. Just talk to him. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my Savior. Done. Done. Just that quick. Believe it, and, and, and then believe it. And then be obedient to it. Amen? So as they're, as they're, you know what? I don't know. I don't even know what to do. Yeah, I'll do it corporately. We'll do it corporately as well. All right, here we go. Here we go. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I ex- <laughs> I, realize I, savior, I realize I need a Savior, that I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Come into my, into my life and be my Savior, be my, savior. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. I, confess died, I confess that you died, that you rose again. And you are at the right hand of the Father. And I receive you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. It's finished.